Episode 202 of Shamlin on Batman. I am Justin Shamlin and we have Kyle Davis Yo. on the hot mic over. We're both moved. Feels good to be moved. Uh, been unpa- Both of us have been un- unpacking, so I'm looking. I'm, I can finally see Kyle's face for the first time in like a year and a half. Yeah, I'm no longer living in a dungeon. I can actually like open a window and get sunlight in here. It's amazing. I mean, there's too much sunlight in Texas. I mean, it hasn't rained in like three months here. So, like, even a cloudy day, it was like, thank you, Lord, for this cloudy day. Praise be the water. <laughs> so, episode 202 is now uh, officially uh, recording. And so, not a ton of stuff that's been going on over the course of the last few weeks since we've been unable to record. Like, it's very challenging to be moving. Uh, we both were moving, so like neither of us could like get to the mic and like hit record or do anything. So, like getting things together with the internet, like getting things together, you know, in regards to you know just unpacking and you know setting things up and just like I still have like a few things here or there to unpack, but for the most part, I'm like ready to go. Like I got the vacuum for the first time today. Like I'm not I'm not dodging, you know, I'm not dodging boxes that are like still packed. So. Like I have like a living, I'm like I, I can live in my living room. I can sleep, you know. Like so, it's been it's been exciting to just kind of like yeah, that not- that is an amazing concept. But it does feel good once you actually start, you know, getting stuff in their places. It's like yeah, the puzzle is coming together. So, uh, so, so, but not like I said, not a ton of stuff to talk about since the the writers and the actor strike is still ongoing. And now it sounds like, and maybe Kyle, I don't know if you've seen this, but it sounds like the video game actors are gonna go on strike too did you see that i saw a headline but i haven't actually done a deep dive into it yet but as, yeah it seems like it's the next step uh a lot of actors like, and, like it's kind of you know, it's kind of surprising that this has gone now on to now we're september 2nd um but obviously there's not a ton of information that you or i can talk about there's just rumors going around and uh so like we can definitely you know deep dive into those um I'm just like, like, I just wish there was more official casting. Like the last time we, you know, we recorded was, you know, uh, Sam, whatever, what, Corn Sweat, what's his name? I want to almost say Henry Cavill was cast as Superman. <laughs> Not Henry Cavill. <laughs> yeah, I think it was David Corn Sweat. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So um, David Corn Sweat being cast as Superman. And then you, obviously you had, you know, the rest of, I want to say the rest of it, but a, a ton of, other character, I, I couldn't. I don't guess I. Not a ton of other characters, but a few other characters have been cast in Superman Legacy, and it's just kind of like we're kind of like waiting to find out like what's the next shoe drop, like where are we going, you know, like what's you know who's being you know who's directing that, who you know who's writing these other movies type of a thing. So, um, yeah, but, uh, unfortunately, get, because of uh, these studios. Digging their heels in, not one in the budge. We we're not really getting much information. I know, and like be, before we get into like the rumor mill, like you know, because apparently there's a the the, the cat. Like uh, I read somewhere, like uh, 
you know, maybe some of the or all the actors and characters for the authority have been cast. Um, you know, I saw something on, you know, Twitter the other day is like, you know, my sources around uh, can be around 60 percent correct. So, you know, <laughs> you, so just take it with a grain of salt. So um, but before we do that, because, you know, there's rumors about the Batman 2, Batman 2 is supposed to start filming in March. Um, but before we get into that, like, I do want to, like, have a conversation about, you know, the Brave and the Bold director. And we've both seen The Flash. I mean, have you seen yeah. Blue Beetle? Have you seen that film yet? I will admit, okay. I because I've been busy, it has not been a high priority. And even now that I'm starting to get a little bit more free time, I, I'm just not, like, super enthusiastic about seeing Blue Beetle. I'm, like, I'm sure it's a fine movie. I've heard it's pretty decent, but I don't know. There, I just don't feel very motivated to go up to the theater, spend a bunch of money, watch a movie that's maybe just good, maybe okay. I don't know. It's 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 it's, it's hard to get excited for the movie theater experience these days. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Oppenheimer now five times. I could see it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like let's let's talk about the Brave and the Bold director. And like, I have some thoughts on this. And I don't know if Kyle will concur with my thoughts because usually we're pretty, I would say opposite, but we both like, you know, if one's leaning in one direction, you might, you know, you might be leaning a little bit differently. Like, you know, like I might be one foot in the door, you might be one foot out of the door type of a thing. Not like we're not like polar opposites when it comes to, you know, thought processes. But when it comes, like, I'm, I'm just curious to get your thoughts on Andy Muschietti directing Batman the Brave and the Bold. And I know that is like kind of like I know James Gunn kind of said, you know, hey, you know, Andy Machete is going to be directing Batman the Brave and the Bold. But the Flash being the box office pariah and the box office bomb that it is, regardless if you like it or not, like I liked aspects of the film and I haven't seen the movie since I've only seen that once. I know it's already on HBO Max. I mean, it's already on sale for on VOD. So like like at first it was like twenty three to ninety nine for or twenty nine or nineteen or something. Now it's I already saw that it was twelve ninety nine for if I wanted to buy it on Vudu or Amazon Prime <laughs> or whatever. Um, it's a it's a box office disappointment. It's a box office bomb. You know they had a budget of three hundred, probably yeah, closer to just, four. Justin, it's okay to call it a box office disaster. You know you you can you can call it what it is. I mean for sure it is a box office. Can you can you can you look and see? Um, what the total budget was, and then like the official, like the official, like final, like box office run, if you could. So you guess Kyle is correct. It is a complete and utter disaster for the Flash at the box office, and critically, like looking back at it, like looking back at you know the Rotten Tomato scores, I think is like a seventy four percent or sixty eight percent or something. But there was no one, no, none of the critics were like, oh my goodness, you know, this changed, like, this has turned the superhero film on its head, like a Watchmen, The Dark Knight, Avengers Endgame. It kind of was on the, you know, the, especially on the Metacritic score, it's kind of on the mediocre side. And I know, I know that the cinema score, you know, wasn't that great either. I think it, it was like it, a B, it B was plus. Like a B, B, B plus, something like that. But I mean, for a cinema score, anything below an A is kind of, not good. <laughs> well, and they, and they and there's there's math in regards to the cinema score as well. They always say that if you're that if you got it like so like Top Gun Maverick, Top Gun Maverick got it like an A plus, 
from from their cinema score. Mm-hmm. And like they knew like, oh my goodness, like this is gonna be a huge success. Like it's just gonna over index, it's gonna overperform, which it did, you know, it did a billion dollars. Um so so like the cinema score kind of I wouldn't say dictates, but it's kind of a good indication for box office in regards to like what this what's weekend number two and week number three is gonna look like for um so I mean for the here, here are the here here are the numbers while I'm thinking of it. So the domestic was only a hundred and eight million according to box office mojo. 108 or 180? 108. Oh my god. The worldwide total was two hundred and sixty-eight million. So what's that together? 268 million. No, no, no. So the complete overall was only 268 million? Yeah. That's that's the worldwide. Where what where what are you citing? Is that box office mojo? Box office mojo. Holy like I thought it I thought it I thought it cracked like 290. Maybe? Hold on, let me let me make sure these numbers are okay. Because those 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 the, I don't uh... I'm gonna look too. So, well so it looks like it's only tracking numbers up through August 17th. But I can't imagine after August 17th it's made that much more money. No, no, no. Like, it, like it, that was on its last. That was on its last. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so 268 million. <laughs> and it, so, had budget, it had a budget of anywhere from 300, 400, or. F- if you can, if you calculate the marketing, um, the marketing of the film, I'm I'm guessing it's closer to four fifty five hundred, you know, total. See, so that so here, this is what's wrong with a lot of these like big blockbuster <laughs> movies. In order for that the movie to actually break even, it had to make almost a billion dollars. In this economy, hello, hello. <laughs> I know, I know that Wikipedia says the budget's like two hundred million to two twenty. That just is not accurate. Like that just isn't. Um, no, like th- this movie has been in production on and off for the past ten years. So yeah, it's it's probably bigger than that. Um, the they they did numerous amounts of reshoots. You know, they did reshoots with, you know. The Toby Emmerich, Walter Hamada. They did reshoots with, you know, when Zaslav came in, you know, you had Pam Abdi and Mike DeLuca did reshoots on it. And then when then when James, the James Gunn crew came in, they did reshoots with it as well. So back to the original question. It's a box office disaster. Should Andy Muschietti so, Batman Brave and the Bold? As far as... Andy Machete and the Flash. I don't like the movie. It had its moments, but I don't completely put Andy Machete at fault for that. He was literally handed a turd and he did what he could to polish it up. Yeah, it still ended up being a turd, but like I said, he he was just handed this broken mess of a script and like a production that was I mean, I disagree. just desperate to come out, and he's like, "All right, I'll I'll see what I can do." <laughs> I just disagree. Um, I, I and like I'm not discounting what you're saying. I just I don't think he was handed a script that was a disaster. I think that they, him and Christina Hodson both developed the script together. 
Like it wasn't, it wasn't like, obviously there were multiple iterations of this film, you know, going yeah, back. Like I'm not, I'm not saying he's not faultless. I just don't think it's like hundred percent on him. Like there's a lot of factors at play that made the flash what it is. And yeah, he's, yes. he is a part of the whole. And I will say the only other films of his that I'm familiar with were, uh, the it part one and two. Mm-hmm. And those were also films that, had a lot of good moments, a lot of good stuff to them, but they also had a lot of flaws, especially part two. So yeah, when it was announced that he was being given, uh, the, the, the director's seat for the Batman Baver and Broad, it made me a little nervous, made me a little nervous. Like, is he capable of making some really good stuff? Yes, but he has also had a track record of not, delivering the best quality material so and like uh, and, go ahead sorry no so like that, that was like kind of my point where it's like uh he definitely would not have been like my first second third or even like my fifth pick but it's like uh, maybe I, I i don't know i don't know not in your fifth pick Damn. <laughs> um so my my thoughts and like I've talked to like a few just like regular moviegoers about you know the Flash and there's some things I really enjoy about the Flash and there's some things that just really I just like it felt like I was watching Justice League all over again but with like Michael Keaton's Batman in it you know the Flash like there were a lot of really really uh, really a, a few good moments in the film that were just full of heart and emotion. But like the opening sequence, I just felt like I felt like I was watching the opening sequence to you know 2017's Justice League. Yeah, and and I just talking with like the average like moviegoer just about it, just a couple friends here and there. They all said the movie wasn't a blockbuster, like it didn't feel like a big movie. And it like and like that's what I thought. Like if I'm looking, I'm looking at the the poster now. You know, you get the Flash at the front. You got Supergirl way off in the back. You got Batman. And, you know, Perch. You got the Batwing. You know, Batplane. You know, in the background, the Flash. You know, worlds collide. But it did not feel like a bigger than life. Like it didn't feel like Superman. Didn't like the, didn't feel like Superman in the movie. Didn't feel like the Dark Knight. Didn't feel like Batman Begins. Didn't feel like, you know, Batman 89 didn't feel like Avengers Infinity War Endgame, you know, like when I thought like we're because like I, this movie kind of like if you look at the lineup, it kind of like feels like a Justice League type of a movie, like a Justice League 1.5, you know, reintroducing, yeah. you know, the Flash, you know, bringing you got back, Flash, Batman and uh, a Kryptonian. So, yeah, then, you, you know, you have you have uh it wonder woman shows up you know batfleck shows up but does it feel huge it feels pretty small you know regardless if it feels small or big they still had the budget of a blockbuster yes they still wanted it to do blockbuster numbers at the box office um and just like i mean even the robbery at the beginning you know like and like the ending it just, it just, it just is like, man, like, uh, um, but I, for one, don't want to see him direct Batman Brave and the Bold. I just, like, I lo- his Batman stuff was really good. It was really emotional. But Batman needs to be epic. And, you know, this is my kind of, like, gripe about Matt Reeves, you know, film. 
like it was like it looks beautiful it shots amazing you know but it just felt like 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 it didn't feel big until like the last 30 minutes if that makes sense yeah everything felt small and i want i want you know when I, you think of batman you know i like the other other you know i mean look at spider-man the first three, you know, Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3, those movies feel huge still to this day. Which um, is kind of ironic because when you think of Sam Raimi as a director, you know, he's he's most well known for very small scale movies like the, the Evil but, Dead movies. So the fact that he was able to take a property like Spider-Man to make it feel really big and epic I, just goes to show know, his, his talent for as a director. Like, as of right now, like just like just throwing it out there, like my number one or number two like director who should do Batman Brave and the Bold, like probably should be Sam Raimi. Like, like I, think, I think, I think he could do it. Like, I think, I think he knows how to juggle multiple character storylines, action. You know, he he knows how to bring. You know, the there's just he and he's said he said previously he's he very much would love to do a. He'd love to do a Batman film. And the new DCU needs to come out with epic movies that are good, that are everyone loves to see. There's no controversy. They just come out. Superman Legacy needs to come out and be a huge smash. Mm-hmm. Now I know I know people are like, you know, prepare yourself, pump the brakes. This movie might not do like crazy good numbers because the brand's been tainted for so long. I mean, look at Look at Birds of Prey, look at Black Adam, look at Shazam, look at, you know, look at uh, Blue Beetle, look at The Flash. I mean, those those last five films, you really haven't done. I mean, we we haven't, I mean, it's it just, to me, Andy, like, I, he, I need to see him direct something right now and come out in the next year that just is just like, all right, like, you, you you're out of director's jail for me. Like you can direct, you know, Batman Brave the Bold. Um, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't think he. I don't think he's got the chops. I don't think. I don't think he can handle it. He just. He literally handed Warner Brothers. I wouldn't say a turd, but it was. I, I'd say like the movie is more like a fart. You know, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't as bad as Justice League, but it wasn't. I, I was curious to see if he was working on anything between now and Brave and the Bold. Apparently, he's working as a director on a uh, Stephen King TV series. Welcome to Derry. There he is. So like, like so apparently, Welcome the to TV. It's like the prequel to. Yeah, it's basically like a spinoff of it, but it's a TV so. series, TV show. Eh. So, but I don't know. Do you have, do you have a, do you have a director of mine that you'd be like, yeah, like he'd be like, he should just, he should just pick up where, you know, I mean, my obvious go-to is just to be like, all right, who is my favorite director? <laughs> Which it's a, uh, uh, Denis Villeneuve, but I don't know if he'd ever want to do a Batman movie. Maybe he could, it, it'd be pretty sweet. I think like that's the like that you know when you think of like his films, all of his films are huge and epic. Yeah, like that's what you need. Like when Chris Nolan made Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, like those movies felt bigger than life itself. And I don't think 
I mean, even when you're even like the it movies, like those movies just for me, I just don't see him. I hope he I hope I get proven wrong, like he can handle it. He just delivers just an amazing film and all these wonderful things, but I'm not seeing it. So I'm just that. And and I was gonna bring something else up, but I forgot. Um, <laughs> um, but just my thoughts on that going forward. Bring bring someone else into it. Bring someone else into the mix. You know, to direct Batman: Brave and the Bold. Um, but some rumors to talk about. Some rumors. Which one do you want to start with? The Authority, the Batman Two. Uh, well, since we were just talking about Brave and the Bold, I say we move into the Batman Two. So apparently, the rumor is that the film is going to have a start shooting date of March, 2024. I obviously that, you know, that could change because of the writers and the actors, you know, strike. and Yeah. It would be kind of hard to start filming if they're still on strike. So, uh, so that's kind of like a wait and see, but the two rumors that I've been seeing recently in regards to the Batman two is that Dick Grayson, like that version of Robin's going to be in uh, the Batman 2. Oh, I remember what it was. Let's let, remind me at the end to talk about the marketing or lack thereof for Aquaman 2. Because we're like 110 <laughs> days away from Aquaman 2. There's been no poster. There's been no trailer. There's been nothing. Um, That's still funny to me. <laughs> But so Dick Grayson's Robin's supposed to be in it. I'm curious. I'm I'm guessing. I'm guessing there's some times passed, you know, from the first, you know, the Batman. I'm I'm curious if this is going to be like a young character. I can't imagine to be like the same, you know, Chris O'Donnell, like he's 30 years old type of a thing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I found this 30 year old man. He's going to be my sidekick now. <laughs> um. So that was the yeah. It'd be interesting to see how that works, considering where um, part one left off at. <laughs> and like, what also is interesting is like, Brave and the Bold is supposed to have like multiple Robins in it as well. And like, that kind of comes back to like, why didn't why didn't why is why is James Gunn just not using, you know, Matt Reeves, you know, Robert Pattinson? I don't know. Like, I I, I would have to imagine either. Robert Pattinson doesn't want to, or maybe Matt Reeves. It's like, no, you can't play with my stuff. This is my stuff. I mean, I just like to me, it's just going to be. Which, like, to be fair, in Matt Reeves' position, I, I don't, I wouldn't blame him. What you want to take my stuff and add it to the the the, the DC Cinematic Universe, whatever the new version of it's called? I, I don't know. Well, and, have the best track record. <laughs> and like, what's interesting, it's just, it just, it's kind of sounds like they're already diluting. There's, and there's still no indication of like, all right, is this a complete total reboot? Is Wonder Woman, are we going to yeah, that, That's one of my biggest gripes with this uh, change of leadership. It's, we should be getting a hard reboot, but it doesn't seem like that's what's happening. It seems like they're being very wishy-washy. They're like, oh, well, we're going to keep this aspect and, well, we are James Gunn already did this thing a piece uh, maker, so we're just we're we're gonna keep that. Like, no, just just shut everything down, give us like a two year break, and then come back fresh with a Superman. That that's what we should be doing. 
Right. And it just seemed it just seemed like every indication was that was going forward was like our recasting Superman, recasting Lois Lane. We got we got a different Green Lantern coming in. You know, we're casting the authority, but uh, Wonder Woman, Jason Momoa might come back. Okay. There's been no indication. I, I, like, obviously, like Ezra Miller is definitely not like that movie did not resonate with anyone at the box office. And even though Ezra Miller was a pretty good in the, as the Flash as both versions of Barry Allen, it just kind of like it just like Kyle Kyle is hitting it on the head like. Just hard reboot it. Just yeah. just go back. You like know, just, the brand is not what it should be. Right. It's like so. Why 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 not bring the Rock, who is the biggest movie star, bring him in? It just doesn't. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like there, there's been zero indication of like. All right, so obviously, like the Wonder Woman is going to have like a TV series, right? Like what? It's, but it's going to be kind of like an origin story of Themyscira, right? Like that's the idea. That's the thought process. Yeah. I heard people say, "Oh, it's going to be Game of Thrones, but on the Amazonian island." It's like, okay, I mean, in theory, it sounds cool, but like, what purpose does it serve to like the the universe? Like, are we setting up something? Are, are we are we are we introducing a new Wonder Woman, or like what, what's going on here? I mean, I mean, you have Hawk Girl, so maybe maybe that's their way of kind of like, all right, Hawk Girl can kind of we can use Hawk Girl as you know a Wonder Woman esque type of a character, even though obviously they're you, you see what I'm saying? Like, let's let's try to figure out what we want to do with Wonder Woman because then because then there was a rumor where Gal Gadot said you know that James Gunn said that they're gonna be developing Wonder Woman three. I'm just like, what? No, please no. <laughs> After one one and eighty four, I'm I'm good. I don't I don't need any more of this. <laughs> in like and like just every like every time you see her, it's like like it's that stupid theme. And like it's a great theme, but you literally get her coming in for just a half a second with that music, and then just yeah. I, honestly, the Wonder Woman theme gives me PTSD now. Every time I hear, it, I just like start convulsing, and I'm like irrationally angry. <laughs> Why are you irrationally angry? Do you know how many? Pointless, stupid Wonder Woman cameos we've gotten in the past like three years. All of them. Like every movie has had a stupid, pointless Wonder Woman cameo where she shows up out of nowhere unannounced. It's just, it's just like, and everybody's like, oh my God, it's Wonder Woman. Oh, there she goes. Bye. It's like, why are we doing this? This is so stupid. Stop <laughs> it. Just it really stop really it. See Wonder Woman and Oppenheimer. She shields everyone from the bomb. Then she shows up in Barbie. I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> just like all these movies, you know. I'm just, it just, it's remember so. Remember when Wonder Woman showed up in Shazam 2 and resurrected Billy? I remember that. And like, that doesn't make any sense either. It's like, all right, it's, since they, they, they should have just left that version of Billy Batson dead. And brought a, in a whole yeah. new. It's like we're rebooting the universe. Just leave him dead. Leave they him killed dead. Michael Keaton's Batman, and then they brought back George Clooney's Batman. It's just like it's just like what? Where are we going with this? It's yeah. just like it's like almost. It was almost like when I when I saw you know thinking back on you know the Flash, 
It's like it's like James Gunn knew it was a turd, and like he's like, all right, I'm really gonna fuck this movie. Not only am I gonna, <laughs> not only am I gonna kill off Michael Keaton's Batman, I'm gonna I'm gonna erase Henry Cavill's Henry Cavill because at the end of the movie, apparently it's supposed to be Henry Cavill at the and Wonder Woman. They're like, no, let's get rid of that. And then apparently it's supposed to be Michael Keaton's Batman. And then I remember seeing set pics of Michael Keaton's Batman as Bruce Wayne showing up. And then you saw, and then uh, Supergirl flies in. And then they got like they, and then like it's just like, nope, fuck that. Let's go, <laughs> let's go right to George Clooney Batman. That's really pigeonhole this movie. Yeah, honestly, as an audience member, I feel like I was getting flipped at the bird. <laughs> It's like, how dare you have had any care for this universe? It's just kind of like, remember that scene in the Simpsons movie where Homer is flipping the bird as he's like sinking in the ground? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the ending of The Flash was like. It was kind of like, it, like, you just wanted to see Homer go all the way into the ground, but he got stuck in set instead. Oh, sad times. So anyway, I know we got way off topic, but yes, the Robin's supposed to be in um the batman 2 uh and then apparently one of the villains is supposed to be clayface which is interesting so i'm guessing i'm guessing the main villain of the of the batman 2 will be mr freeze because i i I remember hearing that clayface and mr freeze were showing up okay and then clayface so it'll be very interesting to see um, like I'm okay with the fantastical things, you know, like that was one of the big, cons- big, my big gripe and like, not even like a huge gripe about the Nolan stuff is like, like you get the narrows and then like in Batman Begins and you never see that stuff kind of again. It kind of just really gets too grounded in realism. Like I don't, I don't mind seeing like, like I always look at like the way that the best way to kind of like bridge the fantastical with, you know, grounded realism is do what they did in the, you know, the Arkham universe, you know, like Arkham, Arkham city, Arkham asylum. Like they kind of, they kind of are able to kind of bridge the gap between like the super fantastical and the grounded gritty urban realism. (laughs) So if they can, if they can figure a way to do that, yeah, that'd be a tricky balance. But I I think, I think Matt Reeves can pull it off. I mean, what are your thoughts on Clayface and if, you know, if if Mr. Freeze is cast? So honestly, when I first heard Clayface, I was just kind of like, eh, whatever. But the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, oh, you know what? If we can have, like, Clayface going around, like, disguising himself as people, you know, he hiding in the shadows, pulling, pulling the strings, we could make a really cool, like, mystery thriller type of movie out of that. So like the more the more I thought about it, the more I'm like okay yeah I'm actually into this idea of having Clayface be a part of this movie you know make it a mystery. As for Mr. Freeze, uh yeah I I'd, I'd be down for Mr. Freeze being involved in some way too. He's always been a villain I've actually liked quite a bit, but his uh, obviously we've only had him in live action via Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you know no no disrespect to Arnold, no disrespect to Arnold, but. That's not my Mr. Freeze. So I don't I, think that's, I don't think I, that's anyone's Mr. Freeze. I, I, I'm I'm a, I, I would be interested in another attempt at the character. Yes, like I think I think the Heart of Ice kind of storyline should be kind of explored. 
Um, I mean, they don't have to go like super into detail about like, you know, Nora Freeze or anything. I know those kind of explored in Batman and Robin. Um, but like, but yeah, like having Clayface, Mr. Freeze, having Robin, what's that look like? Is it like a real, like, it just, it's just interesting to kind of like see, um, kind of like interesting to kind of like see kind of like the evolution of this. Like my big, my big, like, thing that I really just there was two things I disliked about the Batman three things and like we've talked about you can go back and listen to you know that episode we review or I said I didn't think like the movie was like as big as like the Nolan movies which I was like expecting it to be even bigger you know like just huge grand scale like it felt really kind of like low level crime you know thriller type of a thing like more like seven um uh I didn't. I I dislike the 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 action. Uh, the action was lacking. Like obviously they're trying to tell a story and everything, but like like if you look at Batman Begins and you know Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, like you can just like if you just want to like have a, like a palate cleanser, like oh my god, I just watched like a, a terrible movie. Like you could throw on like any of the action sequences in any three of those movies. Uh, what I mean, other than the Batmobile chase, like what like big action is kind of like compelling and like wanting to like restart that three hour movie. And speaking of three hours, like the other issue was like the movie was three hours long, and you felt every. I would say you felt all three hours, but like yeah, by about I, out, like, as somebody that loves the movie, it was a little too long. I, I think they they kind of turned it into a four act movie in a weird way with the the final confrontation with the the, the people at the dome there. So mm-hmm. like like they could they could have cut off that like thirty minute chunk there, but yeah. I thought they get you didn't even have to do that. You had to get the Annika girl or Gonica girl, whatever her name is. Get you get rid of her character. So it's not really doing anything. Um. And then, like, not having, like, long tracking shots every scene with, like, no intercutting ever. Like, that was another thing that I had an issue with because, you you know, like, I like, like, I don't like Michael Bay fast cutting, like, where that's too much. But, like, Chris Nolan does a really good job at it. Denis, you know, and Sicario is really good at it. It's just, like, the intercutting needs to be a little bit better. Um like those, those were my issues with the Batman. So it'd just be interesting. I hope this movie's not three hours long as well. It just it will be interesting to kind of see like how are they juggling all these different characters, you know? Especially bringing in Dick Grace and like are you doing full on origin story? Is that the plan? Are you doing like a dark victory type of a thing? So I don't know. It'd be interesting to kind of like look at, you know, like see where they kind of like can go from there. Like they kind of like set things up like in a really cool way. It just kind of like, it's all about, but then again, like I'm to the point where I'm more, I'm getting a little bit more interested in Batman brave and the bold. And maybe I shouldn't be like I said that, I said that before I like, like, I mean, what are your thoughts? Is it, am I crazy? You're, you're, you're definitely crazy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, no, you you are allowed to have your preferences, uh, that's completely fine. I'm not gonna say you're wrong. Even I just did. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm I'm more excited for um, the part two of the Batman. Just just because I find that it fits more of like what I like from Batman, which is kind of the more gritty, uh, no noir type of vibes, and 
if that's what we end up getting in part two, then that's 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 just gonna be what I mean. I may eat it up, but we'll see. Like I said, uh, part one left off in a kind of interesting position with uh, basically a whole city of Gotham in a in chaos. So there's a lot of potential, a lot of a lot of different directions we can go from here. It's gonna be interesting to see how how that all ties up. Um, next rumor. I don't think you've seen this, but like, like according to, um, let me see here. So it's John Rocha from the hot Mike podcast, uh, with Jeff Schneider. Um, and now this is, this is where, you know, he says like, Hey, you know, let me read you this. Uh, Rocha, 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 I, I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Um, it says, you know, basically he warns fans that that source is around 60% right. He goes, this is for fun. If it does happen, you heard it here first, but, um, um, but let me, let me give you some of the cast list of the proposed, the authority, um, you know, here's who like he heard. So Kara Knightley as Jenny Sparks. And I'm not like, I am not versed in the authority at all. So like all these different characters and everything, like I'm kind of getting slowly inner inner immersed in the authority. And it's like really cool stuff. It's interesting. Like it kind of feels like a Watchmen, you know, after Watchmen came out, kind of like these, you know, type of that's what like it, that's what it feels like to me. Uh so so far Kieran Knightley as Jenny Sparks, Alexander Skarsgard as Apollo, Sam uh Sam Warrington or Worthington? I'll, I'll, I'll Google that. Sam War. Let me let me Google this because I thought it, I thought I said I said Sam Worthington. Sam. I think it's Warrington. Let me see. So I'm just curious who this because I've never heard of this person before. I'm gonna hit images. I think I think I think that's a miss. I think it's supposed to be Sam Worthington. I think. Um. I mean, with the the star power, some of these other rumors, it, Worthington sounds more accurate to me. But so Sam, so let's just. I think this is a this is a misspelling. But I, uh, so Sam Warrington, but I think it's Worthington as Midnighter, Kiki Palmer as the engineer. Like the, this next one sounds really cool. Riz Ahmed as the doctor. And then two two other ones are cool. Gerard Butler as Jack Hawksmore, and Ken Watanabe. And I love me Ken Watanabe as the villain Kaizen Gamora. And uh, so this rumor actually does come with a who's writing and directing Matthew Vaughn directing. And we know Drew Goddard is supposed to be in the mix for writing some of these DC's uh, DC use. Uh, stories scripts and apparently drew goddard is going to be um writing the authority so thoughts kyle so i just want to say that i'm looking at this list i'm looking at who's involved and i'm like this looks incredible so yes it's supposed to be be, i'm looking at comic book it looks incredible which means it's too good to be true so it's supposed to be Sam Worthington. It is Sam Worthington, yeah. Like as much as I'd like this to be true, like I, I would 
die to have this be true. It, it's it's too good to be true. I don't I don't think this is real. I agree with you a hundred percent. When some I was always told that something's too good to be true, it is too good to be true. So even if they get even if they got Gerard Butler and uh and Sam Worthington, <laughs> like just getting those two would be huge. Um, yeah, absolutely. Just no, like I'm not okay. denying that uh, James Gunn doesn't have the the pull to do something like this, but I just don't. I just don't think that's going to be the case for someone like the Authority. I, 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 most people are don't even know what the heck the Authority is. It, it's like C or D or tier DC material you know Mm -hmm. um i mean so here's here's what james gunn says about the authority the authority are a group of superheroes who think the world is broken and they want to fix it by any means necessary i think it's a different way it's i think it's a very different look at superheroes so and like we know that members of the authority are supposed to show up in superman legacy so the idea of getting like i said any of these like if you if they like Kira Knightley's cast as, you know, as Jenny Sparks in the Authority, like oh that'd be great. Or if it was just Gerard Butler, Jack Hawksmore, I was like that'd be great. Riza, I, I meant that that would be great. Like just getting one of these people in there would be amazing. Yeah. Um, your I your guess is as good as I think Matthew Vaughn would be an interesting choice as well. Um, cause yeah, he's, I, th- kind of, I think he'd be a very good choice for director. Um, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan. Like to me, like X-Men first class has aged pretty poorly for me. Um, and like, I'm not like his Kingsman movies are like, again, they've kind of, haven't really aged well for me, you know, but I do yeah. think, you know, of yeah. all the directors out there who could kind of like pull this off do different, like Zack Snyder could do, obviously. Um, but it'd just be interesting. I'd be interesting for, you know, someone like Matthew Vaughn. You know, Matthew Vaughn is a writer director. So, but, but there's there, there's my kind of like I don't think this is true because why would why would Matthew Vaughn need Drew Goddard to write you know an authority script? Drew, Matthew Vaughn could just write one himself and then direct it. So yeah, true. So thoughts on this? Other than like yes. Yeah, it's a yes from me if if true. Um, I think Matthew Vaughn is a, he's a type of director that when you watch his movies, you're like, yeah, that's a Matthew Vaughn movie. I think his t- his style, his tone would fit with the Authority pretty well. Like, I'm not super familiar with the Authority, but like I get the vibe that they're they're kind of like the boys. They're, they're like DC's version of the boys. You know, they're like they're they're a little gritty, but they're like, yeah, we're gonna just try to, you know. Say be be heroes and save the world in our own way, even though it may maybe some there might be some collateral damage along the way. It's it's fine. <laughs> questionable decisions along the way. So yeah, some some questionable decisions along the way. So like, I think it could be fun if that ends up being true. And yeah, even if they just got one of these actors to get into the movie, I think it'd be a huge plus. But yeah, for now I'm sitting in the camp of these rumors are too good to be true, so I'm not really buying it. I, I love casting rumors. Like it's always fun to fan cast and everything. So, um, speaking of fan casting and casting rumors, uh, I almost forgot. Uh, so recently, someone that we used to know, and now th- th- this person that we used to know 
um, without saying saying that person's name um, for fear of reprisal, um, <laughs> posted on their social media a picture of John Krasinski and the and the rumors kind of like erupted in regards to does this mean that John Krasinski is running in the running for uh, for Batman and Batman Brave and the Bold? So we are going to at some point get a new Batman, like a different version of Batman and Batman Brave and the Bold. So it'll be very interesting to kind of see like the the wide net that they you know are throwing out there to see who they can catch and snare in it to play you know the DCU version of Batman in a bunch of different Batman movies. So what are your thoughts on, you know, potentially, you know, John Krasinski, obviously, obviously John Krasinski has not been cast. I know, like, I know that person, you know, kind of said like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not casting. I'm not saying, you know, this is something that's going to happen, you know, after that, after it was posted. Um, so John Krasinski. It's certainly interesting. Um, I, do I think he would make a really good Batman and Bruce Wayne? Yeah, I think he'd actually be pretty good in that role. But I don't see him being cast. Like I, he, it has not been that long since he's actually gotten involved in some Marvel projects, and whether or not that continues to happen in the future is to be, remains to be seen. But I don't really see why he would kind of throw that all away to join DC in the Batman, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe, maybe now's a good time for him to do something like that. So well, it's interesting. Like I was like, imagine like a Jake Gyllenhaal cast in, as like the DCU version of Batman. But now you kind of like, look at John Krasinski kind of has like the Neil Adams body type for Batman. Right. Yeah. Somewhat. You know, like, like kind of like a little bit taller, a little bit lengthier, kind of like, you know, his muscle to fat ratio, you know, muscle to skin ratio is pretty, pretty good. Um, I mean, Neil Adams said, you know, like Ted Danson, if he could cast, you know, his Batman, he'd be Ted Danson just based off of like the look, you know, when Ted Danson was, you know, much younger, obviously. Um, but like John Krasinski kind of like, to me, like if they were going to cast, you know, the 2023, 2024, 2025, you know, version of Batman, you know, in the milieu of, you know, the Neil Adams, you know, version, um, John Krasinski would have the look. Now, it's hard for me to see him in a serious role. And that's just because I've known him as Jim Helper for so long. <laughs> and I know, I know, I haven't seen many episodes of, you know, the Jack Ryan series that he's in. I've seen like an episode and a half and like, he's pretty good. He's supposed to be very good in that series. But like I said, it's kind of like, can the public look at him as a serious actor and not, it's kind of like the Michael Keaton thing, right? You know, Michael Keaton, I'm guessing like, you know, Michael Keaton being, I mean, Michael Keaton was a comedian. Michael Keaton what, was what do you Batman. mean the guy from The Office is Batman? Right. So it's definitely looking interesting. Like now, if they cast him, I mean, how old is he? Like 40-ish? He's in his 40s? 
it's somewhere he's getting there. Yeah. So I, I preferably like, I'd like someone about the same, you know, couple, couple years older than corn sweat. Um, Henry corn sweat. I almost said that again. Um, (laughs) um, but you know, just interesting to kind of look at that, you know, I mean, it's, I'm excited for, you know, that to be cast, you know, because they have a lot of like, they got to do, they got to cast Talia Al Ghul, they got to cast Damien Wayne, they got to cast Bruce Wayne. I'm sure they got to cast Dick Grayson, you know, like they're going to have to have a new Alfred, you know, all these different characters and like fan casting is so much fun for us. So um, when we get closer to like, you know, they're in the casting, you know, process of Batman Brave and the Boulder, you know, the writing has been done on that film and they're about to start casting. That's when we'll kind of do more of a fan cast, like who these, you know, potentially characters could be, you know, you know, those actors. Um, and then lastly, Kyle, this might, this might, this might be more up your alley than anything we've talked to do about today. Mm-hmm. You saw this from like two days ago, maybe even yesterday. Giancarlo Esposito said that he has been talking to James Gunn about potentially showing up in some sort of DCU character. Now that does pique my interest. Um, And like immediately I'm like, he'd be, he'd be good as Martian Manhunter. He'd be good as uh, John Stewart. He'd be good as Alfred. He'd be good as uh, Lex Luthor. He'd be good as Perry White. He'd be good in like anything. Yeah. It's like whatever role this man wants, just give it to him. <laughs> don't like, don't ask any questions. Like, like there, he could be he could be he could be Harvey Dent. He could be, um, he could be Steel. He could be he could like it's Giancarlo Esposito. Like, wh- when is he not good? So, um. I don't know. What are you, what, 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 if you if you could fan cast Giancarlo Esposito in anything? Uh, DC. Like he says, like there's a video of him talking about. Yeah, I've definitely had like he's kind of like pining for the role. He's like, give me something. Okay, hear, hear me out. Hear me out. I'm listening. Brainiac. That'd be cool. Like I, I like him in a lot of roles, but the ones that stick out to me the most is when he's playing that like really smart, intimidating villain. I think that's I'm thinking Lex Luthor. But yeah, like a Lex Luthor type of character would also work really well. But I just think I think he's getting a little too old to play. Like Brainiac would be cool. Yeah, and he wouldn't have to get like too physical with it either, you know. I, I think a lot of that would just be CGI and stunt work. I'm I'm trying to find every time I type in I try to try, type in Giancarlo Esposito I type in I actually type in uh, uh Lex Luthor I'm being so for <laughs> I think Justin's just trying to get an agenda started here. Homeboy, 65 years old. Yeah, he's he's getting up there. <laughs> and like and like I honestly love him and like a lot of things he's done. He's been in so many different things. He's been so many different things. You know, I mean, Breaking Bad, episodes of Westworld, The Boys. I mean, he is an actor's actor. This man was even in Star Wars not long ago, I think. Was he in Mando? 
Yeah, he was uh, one of the Imperial leader guys. I, I forget his character's name. He had the Darksaber in the first season. Um, He was Moff Gideon. That sounds right. <laughs> kind of like you just kind of forget because he's in so much. He's in so and many. This man's everywhere and he always kills it. So... But yeah, that'd be interesting. I think I think that's it. Like any anything you want to add to Giancarlo Esposito, Batman Two, The Authority, Dick Grayson. I mean, a lot of what we talked about sounds pretty good. I don't know if a lot of it will happen or if any of it's going to happen. But For sure, like it just it's yeah. just, it seems like this was a much more upbeat episode because <laughs> this could happen or this could happen. You know, yeah, like, that'd be great. Know, I, I, I will admit that with a lot of uh, recent DC stuff, I listen and I hear about it. I'm just like, I, I'm feeling tired. <laughs> like, it just makes me feel exhausted. Like, I'm tired of everything just not being up to snuff, being up to par, everything just being the disappointment. I'm like, I just, I just want to like these movies. I just right. want to have fun again. Right. And like, and what we're trying to do since we're moved in and everything like we get like on these roles like doing episode and episode and then we stop take a month off then we do a couple episodes then we like it's we're trying again we're trying to get back on a regular schedule so hopefully we can get those things and you know for those that listen to us and you know those that have been loyal fans and followers you know like like it's not like you know when we were like in our heyday and you know you know the you know the teens of the two thousands. You know 2013, 2014, 2015, You know twenty sixteen. You know twenty seventeen. Just like it's just been it's been like you know moving like every year I'm moving. Like this is my sixth move. Cal just moved. You know Tom. Tom is you know comes back. You know flies in. You know when he can and does does whenever he can. You know he's got a family to raise. So it's just. We still love doing it. It's just like finding, you know, the time, you know, I'm in the middle of, you know, trying to, you know, make a career change and trying to move back to Michigan. You know, those things, you know, are, are challenging Kyle. Kyle's busy growing out his illustrious beard. You know, he's got a, you know, he's got, he needs time for that. He needs his beauty rest. Going full blown Amish. I mean, aren't you in Amish country right now too? (laughs) Kind of, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's just been, it's just been like, like, and we, you know, we say it's like, we're going to be, it just, we, like, I truly w- want to get back to recording like we used to, just getting episodes out there, letting you, letting you hear us and we hear from you. So that's, you know, kind of, it's not like a pledge because, you know, like, let's, let's, let's talk, you know, three months from now and see, you know, where we're at for having this conversation again. So it just seems like ever since I moved to Texas, it's been very challenging to kind of like link up with, you know, scheduling and schedules. And, you know, it's been very challenging to get like, we've been fortunate enough to have great guests on and like, we've been trying to get great guests on again, but with with my schedule kind of like being opposite of Kyle's schedule. So um, it can be challenging, you know, and like moving and, you know, careers and jobs and all that stuff. And, you know, it's one of those things. So trying to get back on schedule, doing one episode or two episodes a week. So 
because we know like the more that we do episodes, the more you listen. So the more we know that the less of episodes that we do, you know, we're not we're not hitting our marks where we want to be. So we definitely want to get back into grind mode and grind away and getting those things taken care of. So, I mean, I'm sure Kyle feels the same way now that Kyle, you know, has more of his own space. I'm sure you're going to get back to streaming again. I would hope so anyway. Yeah, that, 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 that's the plan. I'm going to begin the, the ball rolling on all that within the next week or two. So, so like I'm back to like grinding and hustling and, you know, getting, you know, back to, you know, being one of the better Batman podcasts out there. And, you know, there's a ton of things to talk about, you know, um, in regards to film, like I'm going to talk when this, when this, uh, when this episode closes, I'm going to ask him about, you know, talk about the robo doc, um, documentary that is now out maybe maybe bringing you know christopher griffiths on you know to have a conversation about his film you know robodoc the creation of robocop um so definitely going to talk to him about kyle about that see what we can do because getting guests on is kind of like our favorite things to do kind of like talk because we already know our thoughts we kind of want to hear what other people have to say so um so that's that. So this is episode 202. Make sure that you are following us on our social medias. Make sure that you are doing those things. Do anything and everything to support this podcast. And all we all we ask is that, you know, leave a nice review or um, follow us on our social medias at Shannon on Bat for our Twitter, um, on the Shannon on Batman uh, podcast for Facebook. We try to get Instagram going, but Instagram is so challenging and I think it's a little bit easier now, but uh, make sure that you're doing those. You can follow Kyle on Twitter at. <laughs> oh, no, not Twitter. No, it's X. No. <laughs> X. <laughs> well, yeah, it's X now. But no, I, I don't I don't use Twitter or X anymore. I, I guess you guys want to follow me anywhere. Uh, subscribe on my YouTube channel, Lude and Kyle. Did you, did you delete your X account? It's not deleted. I just don't log in or post anything. It's just. It's just sitting there being very sad. I was saying Twitter. I was like, oh, shit, it's X now. Yeah, get it right, Justin. It's the one-stop place for everything. I mean, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be weird. So, um, yeah, so make sure that you – I can't believe you said Twitter. But X, X, make sure you're going to X, X.com. So on that, episode 202 is done. <laughs>